You're listening to a podcast by Abide Church and Pastor Dan DeBell in Tulsa, Oklahoma. We pray this podcast helps you live, love, and look more like Jesus this week. Enjoy the message. Um, so today's message is just simply, who am I? Um, if you've ever seen the movie Zoolander, uh, there's a point where he looks in, looks in the reflection of himself, and he looks at himself and says, who am I? And the reflection goes, I don't know. And uh, I think so many, so many times we just go through life and we don't really know who we are. And we just, what we, what we see in this flesh is what we think that's who we are. And so I, I want to kind of dive into this, but... Um, there's a big difference between who I think I am and who other people say we are. And I think that's, I want to pose a couple questions of what's the narrative that you've believed? Is there a lie that you've believed and that's the narrative that runs in your head? So I think in different seasons, there's different lies that we believe, that we look at, and then we, we think about. And I think as men, there's certain things that we just think it's not a big deal, but it's just, it's just this little seed that's in our head that's just sitting there for me for a long time and it, it didn't have any truth behind it but it's just like no one cares it's just a lie that I believed and I kind of filtered things through and I kind of heard it through things that I said or no one cares or or I'm not good enough maybe but what does that even mean but that's a it's a filter that we kind of view ourselves through and it's just it's not truth um you know that there it, it's interesting when people speak positive words about you give you a compliment how it feels good, but it doesn't last. But if one person says a negative word, how long does that last? Lasts a long, long time. Why is that? It's running through the wrong filter. Um, so I, I want to talk about what defines us of who we are. What is who we are and where does that come from? Second um, Corinthians 5.17 uh, this means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone and the new life has begun. Um, so in the Bible, it talks about we are a spirit, soul, and body, right? We've all heard this. This isn't like new teaching, but I, and I'm not bringing anything new. I just want to bring this up. So I'll draw this real quick in my amazing art skills I have here. We have a spirit, as long as I spell this right soul hopefully you can read at an angle um so we have a spirit we live in a body and we or we have us we are a spirit we have a soul and we live in a body i think this is interesting i heard andrew womack talking about this and give this example of a lot of times i thought of it three different things but it's all connected our spirit and our soul are connected and our body and our soul are connected and that's what connects us all as three beings right so in our spirit and our soul is our thinking, our mind, our emotions. And those are tied together. But I think what's fascinating is, is which one is dominating. Are we living out of our body, which is going to affect your soul, and that's where you're going to be kind of tied? Or is your spirit dominating, and that's affecting your soul? Because when you can have one dominate, it'll pull the other one in, and then it'll pull your other one in. So hopefully this makes sense. Um, if everything you do is living out of the body, out of your flesh, It'll control your soul, which will then control your spirit. Vice versa. If I'm in the Word, if I'm in the Spirit, it'll affect my soul, which is my thinking, my emotions, and my body has to come in line. <clears throat> so how do we do that? We have to be rooted in the Word. And I love where the Bible talks about being rooted. 
as a tree guy, I like a lot of these, these analogies of, of trees and stuff like that. Um, but it's interesting. I, I learned something a couple weeks ago on trees um, about hormones and hormones in the trees. Hormones affect us just naturally, but same with trees. There are hormones in the leaves of trees called auxins. Up in the leaves, at the top of the trees, and those auxins are produced uh, in the leaves, which affect how the root system grows. In the same way, there are chidokins, I think that's how you say it, um, that are produced in the root system, which affect the growth of leaves. It's an amazing analogy of how we are. The Bible says be rooted in the word. What does that mean? If, the, if I am rooted in the word, then that's going to affect the leaves, which is what? My body. How I act. How I do things. So when my roots grow deep in his word, that's going to affect everything else. What we're rooted in is a reflection of who you are and what people see. Um, John 15, 2 says he cuts off every branch of mine that doesn't produce fruit, and he prunes the branches that do bear fruit so that they will produce even more. You have already been pruned and purified by the message I have given you. Remain in me, and I will remain in you. For a branch cannot produce fruit if it is severed from the vine, and you cannot be fruitful unless you remain in me. There's so much you could preach on that, but we have to be rooted in his word, and that word has to flow through. If, if, we're not, if, if everything that goes, happens in our body, you know, our, our, we go to work, people say stupid things about us, people say lies about us, we believe that we are the things that we did, you know, maybe 20, 30, 40 years ago, that you did something and that's just been a lie that's been in your head, that's not who you are. It's something that you did, it's not who you are. You are what the Word says. The Word says you are righteous. You are at right standing with God because you are a new creation. Not here. Your body isn't redeemed. Your soul isn't redeemed. Your spirit is redeemed. You are a new creation in Christ Jesus. Old things pass away. So you may have done something. You may have made a mistake. You may have done something. It doesn't matter. I mean, it matters sort of, but it doesn't matter who you are. I think so much of men, we, we value who we are. We have so much pride in what we do and the things that we accomplish. And that's great. There's nothing wrong with that. You know, even when I was on American Ninja Warrior, everybody said it's such a great accomplishment. It's really cool. They're really proud of what I did. But when I fell in the water, I felt like such a failure. And it didn't matter what anyone said. It was what I said. You know, it was so many people like, man, I couldn't do that, blah, blah, blah. It doesn't matter. I mean, it's nice when people say that, but it had no weight if somebody would have just said, you're a failure, man, that might have meant more. But I already said that, I already said that to myself. I was like, crap. You know, I, I don't know what I said when I fell in the water. But, you know, it's just like. <laughs> 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 I'm trying to remember. <laughs> I, I, you know, I saw, guys, I saw guys jump and they'd raise their hands, go, yeah. I hit the water. I was like, crap. It's like, oh, I should probably have a better attitude than that. But. <clears throat> You know, as we as you know, as I talked in, in January about the food that we eat and and it's important. I heard uh, I heard Andrew also talk about how our natural bodies um, about twenty percent of our health is or twenty percent about what we do affects our health. It's mainly spiritual. F the food that we need is is the Word of God. Is the time that we spend. Is the time we get up and talk to each other. Is the time that like me and Randy have, and most of the time. We talk about the word and talk about what we've what we've kind of heard that week, what's been like going through, and it's just like it's a it's not only building each other up, it's also a filter of 
am I like way off kilter here? <laughs> is this some radical truth that maybe isn't in the, in the word and he has the freedom to tell me, I think you're off, which he never has, which is awesome. So maybe I am on that track or maybe I'm, we're both off. I don't know. <laughs> um, there's a difference between knowing the word and using the word to filter through your life. So we have emotions, right? Kind of that soul. Your emotions aren't truth. Your emotions are real. They're made by God. We have emotions. We get mad. We get angry. We do things that are stupid. Um, but that doesn't mean that's who we are. And that doesn't mean that that's truth. What is truth? If I was to ask you guys how long this stage was, just to measure it, I'm sure some of you guys could get really close. And I'd put money that Randy was probably pretty close on the guess. Um, maybe 15 feet, maybe. But what do you think? 20? What do you think? Okay. What do you think? No. Okay. 17. Okay. I actually didn't bring a tape measure. But if I was to bring a tape measure and if it was 18 foot 3 and a quarter, every one of your opinions is a lie. You may be really close. You may be within a half an inch. But if, if you're, you're a half inch off, that's not good in a carpenter situation, right? Randy would be really mad if you cut a board a half inch short for him. He might even say a couple words that weren't very nice. <laughs> and everyone here knows Randy knows that's true. Um, but that tape measures like the word of God. I may be mad. I may be frustrated. I may want to say those stupid words. But that's not what the word says. If, I'm, if I take that tape measure and it's 18 foot three and a half, that's what it is. All of your opinions don't matter because that's not truth, right? So when we go to the word... I'm angry, well, the word says be angry and sin not, and maybe talking about different contexts, but we have to filter that through what the, who we are in the spirit, because in the spirit, you are what? Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, all of those things, right? That's what the word says we are in the spirit, because our spirit is perfect always. There's nothing you can do to your spirit that changes. We have to do is we have to build our spirit up to affect the soul, which will change the body. We have to control the body. Um... So Mark 14, 38 says, keep watch and pray so that you will not give into temptation for the spirit is willing, but the body is weak. <clears throat> you know, Jesus at this point is about to go to the cross and he's asking his disciples to, to stay up with him and pray, but they fall asleep. You know, that's flesh. They're, he just asked them to simply stay awake a couple hours maybe and pray. But their flesh takes over and they fall asleep. And he's just, he's, he's telling them how much your flesh can, can control you if you're not vigilantly active in, in fighting against the flesh. Not just fighting against it, but putting your flesh into, uh, what am I trying to say? Getting your flesh into the right path where the spirit is, in, where the spirit is leading. Um, why do we need to live this way? You know, so many times, in, in, in not just messages, but when we think, we think about Jesus as our Savior. You see crosses everywhere because Jesus died on the cross to become our Savior, right? Well, he only needs to be your Savior one time, right? He saved me. Well, if, I've, if I'm saved, then I'm saved, right? My spirit's always saved. I don't need Jesus to be my Savior anymore. I know that sounds like radically different, but I, he's not my Savior every day. Now he needs to be my Lord. So what does it mean to be, my, to be a Lord? 
if Jesus is my Lord, what does that look like in my everyday walk? You know, I think about a Lord. I think about like in the old old time days, um, knights or samurai who would, for the most part, um, they would commit themselves to a king and they would give their lives for it in anything they asked. And samurai, from what I've studied, actually just means servant. Which is, all, which is crazy because when you, look, you think about a samurai, you think about samurai just being this crazy warrior who does all these things and all these things, but he just was a servant. What did the, what did the master need? Well, I'm here to do that. Yeah, he's going to get paid for it, but this is his, this whole posture of his heart is to serve the king. The knights, the knights of like, of Europe and stuff like that, they were, they were highly esteemed, but they were there to serve the king unto death. And it's an amazing thing when we switch and we switch that posture. And this is, this is, I'm speaking out of what I'm learning, what I'm understanding. I'm, I'm not quite there yet. I'm still getting it. But it's this posture of no matter where, how old you are, how young you are, he's our Lord. Yes, he's our Savior. But he's my Lord. And I'm here to serve him. What do you want me to do? Well, go do it. You know, I think it's interesting. Um... (laughs) When we tell our kids to do something, what's the reaction we want? When you told your boys to do something, what did you expect them to say back to you? Exactly. Right. Do we do that with God? Why? I'm asking myself why. Why? If he tells me to do something, what if I was a samurai and my Lord told me to do something? "Ah, I'm going to go pray about it. I'm going to go talk to my accountability partner about it. I'm going to go, you know, I don't know, ask a couple people at church. You know, I think God told me, well, why don't you just go do it? You know, and it starts in the little things. It starts when you're at the grocery store and you feel like, hey, I should go pray for this person in the middle of the grocery store, which I have never done. But are we willing to do it? You know, and sometimes it's just stepping up to serve. Maybe it's stepping down from too many things that you're serving on so that you can be refreshed by the Lord and you can refresh your spirit and your spirit can be refreshed so that God can do in you the new work that he has for you, that new work. And, you know, I think it's amazing when he says about a new work. I'm just, this isn't even my notes. I'm just kind of talking now. But um, a new work in us, the generation that comes before us. All right, let's, let's take that back a minute. When, when you have somebody who is you're discipling, if you're discipling somebody, if you're raising someone, do you want them to become better than you are or to be below you are? If I'm going to teach somebody how to do something, let's say I'm teaching somebody how to climb, I want to teach them all of the tricks that I've learned to become better so that they don't have to go through all the crap I went through to learn this stuff and to eventually be better than I am. I mean, how much of a greater thing is it for me to, if I could teach somebody how to do something, they'd just be better at it than I am? I mean, is that like, is that a hit to your pride or is that like a boost to your pride? Like, man, I, I taught him, I trained him, now this guy is, is number one. So when we look at the apostles, we look at the disciples of Jesus and all of the things that they did. Should we be more powerful or less powerful or should we be listening to the Spirit more or less than they are? Shouldn't the generation after be more powerful than the generation before? 
So how do you get there? That daily walk with God, that daily obedience. When he tells you to go do something simple and, and silly, like that you think is sil- silly maybe, do you go do it? Are you obedient? It's the little things that we have to do to be that servant that he's called us to be. John fourteen twelve says, I tell you the truth, anyone who believes in me will do the same works I have done and even greater works because I am going to be with the Father. Anyone who believes in me will do the same works I have done. That's Jesus spoke that. Whatever theology is out there that's all kind of stuff, there's all kind of theology about all kind of things that, you know, there's healing or whatever else is gone. I don't know, right here it says, anyone who believes in me will do the same works I have done. So look at what Jesus did and go do those things, right? Are we? And, you know, you might not do everything at once, but there's a step that you need to take. There's a step that you need to take that's going to be uncomfortable, that's going to push you into to growth. You know, for me, these last two years, as I've kind of dived into learning about healing, I have a text thread with Ben over here and another guy, Heath, and we constantly, we're, we're texting just random stuff, and it's about healing, and it's about power, and it's about the things that we should be doing. You know, we talk about Randy, about like, what are we doing? What are we supposed to be doing? We were talking yesterday about like, what's the next step? What are we supposed to be doing? Well, some of it's just keep doing what you're doing, but take it a step further. You know, I'm in the Word. I listen to the Word, and I'm, I'm being pulled into this, this point of healing. But it, it, it's uncomfortable to get started. And right now, I'm learning how to do it inside the church I'm at. I'm volunteering in the youth, and they asked if I'd be on the altar team. I said yes. That was my step. I'm learning how to step up and take that step. And now I'm like, okay, what's the next step? You know, there was, there was one of the guys at work that rolled his ankle the other day. And on a job site, he came out, and I was just like, there's people watching. Can I pray for you? And you know what? Nothing changed as far as I know. But I did what I was supposed to do. And that's, that's the most important thing. I think that's one of the things that fear is what I think gets, people, gets in the way of people. We, we get fearful because we're, we're thinking, well, what if nothing happens? That's not your job. It's not your job. If that person doesn't get healed, quote unquote, or whatever, that's not your job. Your job isn't to heal anyway. Your job is just to do what the Father said. He said, pray for the sick. Well, pray for the sick. It's not your job to, to worry about if they don't get healed. Maybe they didn't receive it because it's the posture of their own heart. I don't know. It's not. And this is for me more than anyone. It's like stop being afraid to step up for the words, to step up for the king. Matthew 10, 8 says, heal the sick, raise the dead, cure those with leprosy and cast out demons. Give as freely as you have received. It's amazing how, it, it, you know, as we, we, we read the first part, and I've read it so many times, heal the sick, raise the dead, cure those with leprosy, and cast out demons. And I forget about the last part that says, give freely as you've received. How much has God given you? How much do we give? Give freely. And if I've received healing, keep giving. Man, it feels so, much, it feels so amazing to, to pray for somebody and then be healed. And God is so good and faithful because that same day on Wednesday, when I prayed for him and I didn't see it, he was still hobbling around. And I was like, man. But that night, a kid came up to me at church and he said, hey, man, my wrist is hurting. I said, great, let's pray for it. Talked to him, prayed for it. He got a big smile on his face. I was like, he said, it's better. I said, is it 100%? He goes, I don't think it's 100%. So I said, well, let's pray again. Big old smile on his face. I prayed again. I spoke to it. And that pain was gone. God is faithful. 
And it's not my job. It's not up to me to put fear in the way of what God's telling me to do. Be bold. Be bold. The Holy Spirit has come to give us boldness. And that's more than anything what I'm, I'm learning, what I'm trying to dive into, the things that I'm reading about. I'm reading about people who are bold. That's where I want to be. And even being up here speaking, I want to be held to a point of accountability where I am, if I'm not being bold, I want to be called out on it. I'm reading about this. I'm done with my notes now because, you know, it's past five minutes. But I'm reading about, I'm reading about Smith, Smith Wigglesworth and the, the, the boldness that that man had. And maybe he, he got this boldness later in life. I don't know where he's at in his journey. But it's amazing when somebody said that somebody was hurting or whatever, he said, great, let's go to his house. He just showed up. Showed up and prayed for him, told him to leave. He didn't care what people said. You know, and he did some wild stuff. And I don't think that we're going to do the same things the way that he did it because we don't need to model what the people, how the people did it before us. We need to listen to the Spirit. It's nice to read Smith Wiggleworth and listen to Andrew Womack because they've done things. We have that example but we have to learn to be led by the Spirit. The same Spirit in Smith is in me. The same Spirit that's in Andrew is in me. The same Spirit that's in Dan is in me. The same Spirit that was in Jesus is in me, and He's in you too. And this is where we have to get to, to make a full circle of this. The lies that we believe, we have to stop them. If you're believing a lie about yourself, and I think you really need to dive in deep, is there a lie? Is there something that you've done in your past that's just there? It could be holding you back. Something that you did. Something's choice that you made. Is that holding you back? You need to ask the Spirit. There's lies that we always believe. And sometimes it's different lies. And they cycle through and you, you believe different things. But I have to stop believing those lies of the flesh and filter every lie, everything that's said about me, everything that's said through me, around me, through the Word and what the Word says. The Word says that I am a mighty man of valor. The Word says that I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. That means I'm at right standing. That means that everything I've done in the flesh doesn't matter in, in relation to where the blood of Jesus is that paid for my sin. It's paid for. It's done. I am a spirit living in this body. This body is just a vehicle. So I'm going to make this body run right through the natural things that we do, but not above what the Spirit is doing. I think there's a lot of people who are operating in the spirit who are perfectly healthy and they don't do they don't know anything about health and wellness because they're operating so much in the spirit that they're just they're just living it. You know, I I started I started really doing a lot of study last year on health and health and wellness and like what I eat and all these things and I started really diving into it and I was like I was getting anxious about the things that I was eating, so anxious, like, oh, I can't eat this, I can't do this, can't do this, can't do this. And there's some truth behind that. But I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa i got to stop. Let me put the word in. Because anxiousness is not from God. If we're dealing with anxiety and depression, these things, that's, that's flesh. Let's filter that through the Spirit. Yes, I should eat right. Yes, there's some value to it. I need to drink enough water. Like, I, you know, if you're having a headache, you might, just need to, you might just be dehydrated. Speak to it, drink some water, and be free. It's pretty simple, but we don't have to go on these tangents of just these side loops. Let's go back to the Word and filter through the Word, filter through the Spirit. Everything filters through what the Spirit says, and the Spirit, and the Spirit says you are. So this is my challenge. We'll wrap up early because I'm pretty good at speaking really quickly. 
apparently. <laughs> it's a joke. Evan said I was going to have five minutes. He's like, you're probably just going to speak for five minutes. Like, Maybe. Um, here's my challenge. Tell another guy what the lie that you've believed is or what someone has said to you that's affected you because there's freedom in it. We all have them. But be bold. You want to operate in the boldness? You've got to deal with yourself first. If you're not willing to deal with yourself, how are you ever going to help somebody else walk through it? So be bold. That's my challenge. Search yourself. Ask yourself, is there something that's holding me back? Ask, well, not ask yourself. Ask God. Is there something that's holding me back? Is there something in me that is keeping me from moving forward? That's keeping me from actually having freedom in some area? If there is anxiety, if there is depression, don't hide it. Talk about it. We'll have people up here ready to pray. If you have something you need healed for, healing for, definitely willing to pray. If you want to be saved, come up and talk to somebody. I just, I'm not going to have an altar call unless you want one, but I say you just come up and be bold and ask. If you're struggling with something, come up and ask. Ask and keep on asking. This is, this is, this is covenant between God that we're here, you're here, we're all part of the same body. God didn't raise you up to be a soldier with armor to pull you out in the rapture. He raised you up and gave you armor to fight a good fight of faith. We're here to fight. We're warriors. We're battle. We're ready for battle. So let's battle. Thank you for listening to the Abide Church podcast. If you'd like to partner with us financially, or if you're in the Tulsa area and would like to attend our weekly gathering, you can check out AbideChurch.com.